Hi, I'm Josh Hammer. And I'm Batya Unger-Sargon. And this is The Debate, a Newsweek podcast. So today we're bringing on two fabulous guests to debate the issue of court packing, which was a 2020 presidential election issue, of course, and kind of seemed to go on a bit of a hiatus, but is kind of coming back full steam as an issue, especially in light of the Supreme Court's recent, uh, what lawyers would call grant of a writ of certiorari, which just means they've agreed to hear the case of uh, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. It's a major abortion case out of the state of Mississippi. Body, why don't you tell us just a little bit about who we're going to hear from here on today's podcast? Yeah, so we're talking about court packing. And what that means is the idea of adding more Supreme Court justices to the Supreme Court and whether or not that's a good idea. Now, I did not know this, and I'm sure a lot of listeners don't know this, but it doesn't say anywhere in the Constitution that there has to be nine Supreme Court justices. Now that the court seems to be weighted more in favor of the conservatives and the Republicans because President Trump was able to appoint three justices, there's now this push on the left coming from Democrats to add Supreme Court justices. And so to debate this, we've got Mike Davis, founder and president of the Article 3 Project, and Tom Rogers, an editor-at-large for Newsweek, as well as the founder of CNBC and MSNBC. And they're going to talk about whether that's a good idea. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, we'll get to this in the podcast, but the very, it's kind of similar to our critical race theory podcast body. The very definition of court packing uh, is a current point of contention here. Uh, You know, as someone who has written on this, I mean, I accept kind of the standard uh, New Deal era definition, uh, the FDR court packing plan being the standard bearer of source for expanding the the size of the court for political reasons. But, you know, um, leading Democrats, uh, liberals, uh, the demand justice organization, I, I would anticipate Tom will probably make similar arguments about how this is actually unpacking the court to correct for perceived pre mistakes, but we don't want to get our uh, out in front of our skis too much here. So um, this is a very timely debate, and uh, we're excited to bring it to you. So uh, with that, we will take it to a quick commercial break. And on the other side, Mike Davis versus Tom Rogers on court packing. This is the debate and Newsweek podcast. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to The Debate, a Newsweek podcast. So today we're discussing court packing, an issue that is right back in the news after perhaps a brief hiatus following the Supreme Court's recent grant of a writ of certiorari. That means uh, in layman speak, agreeing to hear the case of uh, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. It's an abortion case out of Mississippi. So uh, without further ado, Badia, let's bring in our guest. You want to tell us who we're going to hear from today? Yeah, we're super excited to have two people on who have written about court packing for Newsweek. We have Mike Davis, founder and president of the Article 3 Project. And we have Tom Rogers, editor-at-large for Newsweek and the founder of CNBC and MSNBC. Thank you both so much for joining us. So I wonder if we could start by having each of you just lay out your positions. Tom, let's start with you. Thank you. Um, Well, first of all, I'd say that uh, I don't consider this to be a court packing argument. I consider this to be a court unpacking argument. Um, I think the Republicans were uh, extremely successful in manipulating the political process to deny legitimate appointment by President Obama and uh, then uh, clear the path through additional political manipulation 
to have uh, three justices appointed to the Supreme Court, uh, denying Merrick Garland's uh, appointment in Obama under the theory that uh, uh, nominees shouldn't be approved in a presidential election year, uh, lowering the threshold for confirmation of Supreme Court justices, uh, which uh, obviously allowed for a, a, a party line vote on uh, nominations going forward. And then lastly, after establishing the principle, so to speak, that uh, uh, no nominees should be approved during an election year, uh, get through their uh, third uh, nomination with one week to spare before the uh, presidential election in 2020. So this is not about packing. This is about dealing with a very unfortunate uh, political manipulation that allowed uh, a six to three conservative majority to emerge that never would have otherwise taken place. So, Mike, I, I assume you disagree. Why don't you tell us your position? We have had nine justices on the Supreme Court since 1869, more than 150 years ago, right after the Civil War. And we have an independent judiciary that protects the rule of law and our individual rights. And we want to insulate the courts from politics. They have their jobs for life and you can't lower their pay. And the reason is, is you want to insulate them so they don't feel like they're beholden to any political interest when they're protecting everyday Americans from government overreach, from mob rule. Um, FDR tried to pack the Supreme Court back in, in 1937 at the height of his popularity. And despite the fact that we were dealing with a depression and he was wildly popular, his own party rebuked him and he could not even get uh, court packing through because even then they saw that this was a pure political power grab. Uh, we, we saw with the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she made the highly unusual public denouncement of court packing, saying that it was uh, it was a power grab. It was a political move that would delegitimize the Supreme Court. And Justice Stephen Breyer also did the same thing. So you have two of the last four Democrat appointed Supreme Court justices coming out and making the highly unusual public denouncements of court packing because it is so extreme uh, that they, they felt that they had to come out and do it. And as to the points about, uh, you know, that the Democrats uh, getting three justices appointed to the Supreme Court, that is President Trump's most consequential accomplishment. I would just say to the Democrats who tried to Bork, uh, Judge Bork, and they tried to destroy Clarence Thomas, and they nuked the filibuster back in 2013 so they can jam four Obama appointed liberals on the D.C. circuit. Uh, I just I, I really don't want to hear the Democrats crocodile tears. President Trump was highly effective at working with Senate Republicans and getting these three Supreme Court justices appointed. And again, it was his biggest accomplishment. Well, in response to that, I would say it was a political power grab to clearly drive through uh, the uh, justice uh, one week before an election after having taken a position with President Obama that uh, Judge Garland didn't even deserve a hearing in uh, February of a presidential election year. So, uh, you know, th this is a political process. Getting judges through the United States Congress is extremely political. To then say it's all about an independent judiciary and respect for an independent judiciary coming out of a party that is maintaining uh, that the essential backbone of American democracy, a free and fair election, uh, ruled upon by 60 courts, many of which were Trump-appointed judges, is uh, 
uh, not a legitimate uh, decision that uh, the American people should respect. It's a little hard to take seriously the notion from a party that says uh, respect for the independent judiciary. So this is all about politics. There's no doubt about it. Um, I, I think I may have been the first one on, uh, at least on MSNBC, who came out and said, look, to expand the court doesn't require a, pre a, a constitutional amendment. It can be done by statute. statute. There are many times in American history prior to the 1860s that the court size uh, changed. It was Abraham Lincoln, a Republican, that expanded it to 10. And we also have very, very successfully operating circuit courts that have many more than nine judges. Uh, and their most important cases are decided what's called en banc, meaning the entire appellate court sitting, where you have 16, 17 judges sitting as a panel. And the quality of those decisions are not disputed by virtue of the fact that there are more Republican and Democratic judges sitting on those panels than would otherwise be the case. But to take the notion we should accept the six to three majority of the court for years to come as the only proper political outcome based on respect for judicial independence is a little hard to stomach given what the Republican Party is, is doing right now to uh, uh, perpetuate a big lie that the judiciary has uh, uh, completely uh, denounced. Uh, so, Mike, you've got, got, got a lot to respond to there. I want to kind of tee it up with two possible questions and then kind of let you just pontificate to your heart's desire for a little bit there. Um, so, First, um, I think we want to go back and kind of discern Mitch McConnell's 2016 statement with, with respect to the much ballyhooed Republican line about the nomination election year with Scalia and Garland. I, th I think if we look carefully, Mitch McConnell and, and the famous year, I think it was 1888 was the last time this happened. It was actually he was talking about when when a different party controlled the White House and the Senate, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm wondering if you can comment on that. Yeah, it's uh, we call it the 90 percent rule. So 90 percent of the time when a president nominates a Supreme Court nominee when the Senate is of the same party, that Supreme Court nominee gets confirmed. And 90% of the time when the president nominates a Supreme Court nominee of a, uh, when the Senate is of a different party, they don't get confirmed. It's just how elections work in America. It, it's, uh, you know, elections matter. The American people got to decide in 2016 whether uh, Mitch McConnell, my former boss, Chuck Grassley from Iowa made the right call on holding up that seat. They they said that we're going to wait to fill the seat and after the two, until after the 2016 presidential election. And uh, President Trump won that election. And uh, therefore, my former boss, Justice Gorsuch, became a Supreme Court justice. And I will just note that, uh, uh, you know, not President Hillary Clinton is still saying that the Russians colluded with President Trump to steal the 2016 election. So. If we're going to talk about legitimacy of the 2020 election, let's talk about the legitimacy of the 2016 election. The, the Hillary Clinton issue is not a question of respect for an independent judiciary with a number of rulings by many judges, including Trump appointees, that uh, uh, there, there was a, a fair election and a Republican Party that continues to contest that. Very hard to square that with respect for an independent judiciary. Um, I, and I don't really think this is a uh, this this is a political question, and uh, it comes down to how do you maintain respect for the courts? 
And I recently said, look, I don't think this is an issue that the Democrats should move on right away. I think there are more important legislative priorities than expanding the court right now. But if the uh, Supreme Court, given why we're talking about this with an abortion case and a gun case, uh, decide these issues in ways that are totally out of step with the majority of Americans, which have some pretty clear rules, uh, clear views on the abortion issue and some pretty clear views on uh, gun control. Uh, and these are, these are policy questions and they shouldn't be in front of the Supreme Court really. They should be decided by legislatures. And if you end up with a Supreme Court that decides these policy questions under the guise of constitutional law in a way that is totally out of whack with the majority of Americans. I think it's going to deal a blow to the respect for the independent judiciary. There's a way to cure that. It would be expanding the court. If you expand the court, you're still going to have, in my mind, expanding it by two justices, not the four that Senator Markey and others have put forward. But if you expand it by two justices, you're still going to have a conservative majority, but you're going to have a much more centrist court. And I think where respect for the judiciary comes from is when it doesn't operate at the ideological extremes. It, 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 it operates at the center. And that's where the most respect for an independent judiciary. All right, so we're going to have to enforce this uh, this cutting off rule. So, Mike, a lot, lot for there to respond to you, and then we'll, we'll take it to break after this. But, um, you know, I, I, I think, Mike, I probably share what I imagine would be your uh, somewhat uh, bafflement or confusion over the notion that, uh, uh, Tom's uh, gripe that these issues should be left to the state legislature is, in fact, that's literally been the conservative answer to why Roe versus Wade is wrong for 50 years. But with respect to the notion of kind of the independent judiciary, I want to tee it off here because, Mike, you mentioned this earlier. And FDR, at the height of his power, of course, submitted the infamous core packing plan in 1937, if I believe I got the year right. Um, and before the so-called switch in time that saved nines, uh, Justice Roberts, uh, the other Justice Roberts is switching to preserve the non-justice court uh, court membership, uh, Senate Judiciary Democrats themselves like scathingly rebuked President Roosevelt. And I'm just going to read the quote here. This is from the Senate Judiciary Committee report. It was a it was a committee dominated by Democrats at the time of the FDR uh, court packing plan. They said, quote, let us of the 75th Congress in words that will never be disregarded by any succeeding Congress declare that we would rather have an independent court, a fearless court, a court that will dare to announce its honest opinions and what it believes to be the defense of the liberties of the people than a court that, out of fear or sense of obligation to the appointing power or factional passion, approves any measure we may ever enact. We are not the judges of the judges. We are not above the Constitution. So it's unclear to me, Mike, whether uh, the independent judiciary point kind of cuts uh, in Tom's favor or in your favor. Well, it's it's uh, so we didn't pack the Supreme Court during FDR's presidency, but the the, the leftists had the intended effect, which is that they got the Supreme Court to switch their jurisprudence on the Commerce Clause. And for the last 80 plus years now, we've had a Supreme Court that essentially gives Congress unbridled power to do whatever the heck they want. And President Trump has switched the five to four uh, John Roberts Court to the five to four Clarence Thomas Court. It's the first time in more than 80 years we have a constitutionalist Supreme Court that will actually interpret the Constitution as written and as understood by the public when it was enacted. And I think that's what scares the left. That's what scares Democrats is they, they fear that this court's going to rein in their power. We just heard Tom talk about this with abortion and gun rights. He said, we're not ready to pack the court now. We want to wait to see 
what the, the Supreme Court does on abortion and gun rights, meaning the Democrats want to use this as a sword of Damocles over the Supreme Court's head to scare off, uh, you know, justices like Chief Justice John Roberts, who's concerned about the public image of the Supreme Court. So I, I think this is a way for the Democrats to try to cow uh, the, the, some of the, the, the less uh, principled justices on the Supreme Court to cave on these political issues. As you say, they're political issues. Okay, the they're, they're, Congress didn't act uh, in, on the ultimate abortion question. Congress hasn't acted on the ultimate gun control issues, and the Supreme Court isn't reviewing congressional action in these cases. They're reviewing state laws that uh, a majority of Americans would come out on one side versus another, and it really raises the issue of. Uh, if you want to have respect for the Supreme Court, if it is totally out of whack on policy questions, which are very hard to uh, date to some uh, strict constructionist view of what was intended at the time of the Constitution, you are going to deal a blow to the legitimacy of the court. Our guests are Mike Davis and Tom Rogers. Stay with us. This is The Debate, a podcast from Newsweek. Welcome back. This is The Debate, a podcast brought to you by Newsweek. Our guests are Mike Davis, founder and president of the Article 3 Project, and Tom Rogers, editor-at-large for Newsweek, founder of CNBC and MSNBC. So I wonder if we can kind of take this big picture a little bit. Um, We on this podcast like to see if our uh, debaters uh, have any common ground between them. And so while we're talking about the number of justices on the Supreme Court, I wonder if we can think a little bit bigger picture and if you could each tell us what you see as the role of the Supreme Court in America, in a democracy, and how that relates to the specific question of how many justices are sitting on the bench. Mike, let's start with you. Yeah, thank you. I think the the federal judiciary, the Supreme Court and the lower federal courts have a, uh, a modest but critical role, and that is to decide cases and controversies between real parties to protect everyday Americans from uh, from government overreach and mob rule. And it is, uh, again, it's a limited role, but it's a critical role. And their job is to put on a robe and decide cases. It's not to put on a cape and fly around and and save people. That's not their job. They're not superheroes. They're, they're mere justices and mere judges. And I think I agree with Tom's statement about these political issues. He was talking about uh, abortion being a political issue for the state legislatures. And I, I agree with that. Josh talked about this as well. That is that is an issue for state legislatures to decide. And federal courts should not be in this in this space. This is uh, this is not a federal constitutional issue. It shouldn't be a federal constitutional issue. We had uh, a majority of justices on the Supreme Court and Roe versus Wade uh, make up a, con- a federal constitutional right to abortion that does not exist. Uh, and said that the states do not have the power to regulate abortion uh, in, in many instances. And uh, I agree with Tom that that's not the court's job, that the court should get out of the abortion business and leave that up to the states. Well, I agree that uh, the federal courts have a uh, role that uh, uh, is critical to deciding uh, critical questions that come before it. Um, I think the abortion issue uh, has Uh, clearly become one that the judiciary has taken on. And my view is that state legislatures shouldn't be able to uh, restrict 
what women decide to do with their bodies and, and that that is a basic uh, uh, human rights issue uh, that uh, falls under the category of uh, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, um, as well as uh, other constitutional protections. Uh, I think that uh, give, it's, it's, un, it's unfortunate that it has played out the way it has, uh, but I do believe that uh, the Supreme Court should not relegate this to individual states deciding what is uh, appropriate. Um, Congress should have uh, ruled on this issue and uh, hasn't been able to. Um, my view of uh, the Supreme Court is it should have the absolutely best minds on it. I will say to Mike's credit that unlike many other Trump justices, judges for lower courts, who are less than uh, quality legal minds in a lot of respect, that uh, Trump did appoint very well-credentialed, well-experienced jurists to the Supreme Court. They happen to be ideologues in my mind that are gonna ultimately undermine the perception of the Supreme Court if it rules in certain directions. But I do believe that the quality of the Supreme Court justice and their credentials is critical to that respect. And in that sense, uh, they did their job. Mike, why don't I ask a specific question for you? So we saw this legislation from Congressman uh, Nadler, uh, Senator Markey, with respect to, you know, adding, I believe it was four justices. We've also seen President Biden, uh, you know, start this whole commission to investigate court packing. And they're kind of operating on parallel tracks there. Now, some people, at least in my orbit, and I guess by extension, your your orbit, seem to be saying that, oh, this is like no big deal. Like it's kind of just like throwing a bone to the to the left. Nothing will actually happen from it. But a contrary perspective, Professor John McGinnis of Northwestern wrote a pretty long essay for the Law Liberty Fund a couple weeks ago where he said this wolf comes as a wolf, you know, citing that famous Scalia descent from Morrison v. Olson. So I'm curious how you actually view the threat or lack thereof of Biden's commission on this. I think it is extreme, it's radical, and it's dangerous. And we have an independent judiciary for a reason. It protects everyday Americans from government overreach and mob rule. It protects us from the political branches of government. And, you know, we we have a, uh, I would just say to these Democrats who are calling for court packing now, uh, they weren't calling for court packing during a Trump presidency with a Republican-controlled Senate. They weren't calling for court packing for the last you know, 80 years since 1937. The only reason they're calling for court packing now is they lost elections and President Trump and Senate Republicans were very effective at appointing three justices to the Supreme Court and transforming the federal courts of appeals. That's the only reason you're hearing about this. And here's the danger. If you turn these judges into mere political puppets to a third political branch, you're going to see many of our rights go away, whether it's our First Amendment right to speak, our First Amendment right to associate, our First Amendment right to worship, our Second Amendment right to protect ourselves with guns. There are many rights that are on the line if you have a politicized Supreme Court and lower federal courts. Tom, I mean, specifically to that question, I mean, I wonder if you don't worry that you know, the next round, let's say we, we do what you want, which is what you call unpacking the courts by adding two justices. But then let's say next time, you know, the Republicans are in power, they can say, well, OK, we're going to add as many as it takes to get us back into the majority. Like, at what point do you start to worry about a tit for tat um, political process here taking over? 
Well, my own view is that uh, the process was hijacked. It ended up with a political slant, which was a misuse of the the politics of uh, the nomination process. It did, as a result, um, uh, get the court in the middle of uh, what I think is a a political argument that isn't over and probably won't end unless uh, uh, you see a court acting in a either a centrist manner or you add two justices to create some political balance for uh, the next several years. My what I what I would hope is that the filibuster rule was is restored for uh, uh, Supreme Court nominations. Um, you know, for the lower courts, it may be that you don't want either party being able to hold up an administration's uh, appointments, as was uh, uh, done at various times, uh, because it really undermines the administration of justice at the lower court level. I think Supreme Court nominees are important enough that there should be some element of driving toward consensus, and a 60-vote rule uh, helps that. And I think it's a real mistake not to uh, reimpose that. But at the same time, I don't think that we can maintain a situation here if we have a deeply ideological court that is totally out of step with American political views on social issues that have been left to the court to decide, which if it does decide in a way that is uh, totally politically inconsistent with the majority of Americans, I think the, the notion of an independent judiciary will take a real blow. And Mike, I I wonder if I can get you to respond to something that I think about a lot, which is I know you have an answer to why there was no hypocrisy in how Mitch McConnell handled Merrick Garland versus Justice Coney Barrett. But I wonder if you don't feel that there was a problem in the perceived inconsistency there, like that there was a kind of an insult to well-meaning centrists and liberals and lefties who sort of maybe you know, like myself, I'll take myself. I really admire Justice Amy Coney Barrett. But but as somebody who's sort of on the left, I couldn't help but feel, despite hearing all the Republicans talking about how there was no real hypocrisy there, that there was something, um, you know, unseemly about having held up. Um, Justice Garland and then seemingly pushing through Justice Coney Barrett, you know, in in a way that seemed so hypocritical, even to someone who was struggling to understand this. I wonder if, if, if that bothers you at all or if you think that that's something worth responding to, like the kind of the lack of good faith, I would call that in 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 that move. You know, I think that these judicial nominations have been a race to the bottom and they started with Judge Bork. When the Democrats borked him, it became a verb. Uh, they accused Clarence Thomas of sexual harassment. Uh, they packed, the Democrats nuked the filibuster in 2013 so they can add four Democrat, uh, li- they can add four liberals to the DC circuit, the second highest court in the land. Justice Gorsuch, who even Tom acknowledged was highly qualified, the Democrats filibustered him uh, in 2017 for no reason other than the fact that it was President Trump's Supreme Court nominee. And so what were the Republicans going to do? They were just going to say, okay, well, we're we're just not going to confirm then Judge Gorsuch to the Supreme Court because Democrats have Trump derangement syndrome and they don't want to accept the results of the last election. I mean, there's fault to go around on both sides. There's no doubt about that. But we also had elections with uh, with with uh, after Justice Scalia passed away. We had the 2016 election. The American people got to weigh in. Uh, they they like the fact that a Republican would appoint his replacement. So President Trump won and Justice Gorsuch is now a Supreme Court justice. In 2018, the Democrats accused 
Justice Cap, then Judge Kavanaugh of serial gang rape. It was uh, I led that effort for the for the Senate Judiciary Committee for the Republicans. Uh, that backfired. Uh, four Democrat senators got sent into early retirement, and now we have Justice Gorsuch uh, with Justice Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, the Senate, uh, the Democrats were expected to win the Senate in November before the the floor fell out in, in December, and actually every uh, Republican incumbent who was up won re-election. So the American people. Uh, liked what they saw. So let's get a final back and forth here. And I, I, I think it kind of cuts to the, because we're just running a little short on time here. But I, let's, ask, let's ask a question for both of you that I think it's, it's kind of funny in a sense we didn't actually start off the entire podcast with this because it kind of cuts to the very point of uh, this exchange. I'm wondering if both of you could define what court packing is, um, a, a definition that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, at least one of the dictionaries, uh, you know, actually changed the definition of over the past few months for reasons that, you know, may or may not be clear. But, um, Tom, let's uh, st- start with you. How would you define court packing for purposes of what the viewers and listeners should be uh, paying attention to? An inappropriate use of the political process to drive uh, nominees into a su- into a Supreme Court confirmation that uh, would not have otherwise happened, and which is why I think there needs to be a remedy for that in the first instance, which is unpacking the court, which would leave the court with an ideological balance, not uh, still to the conservatives. It is not uh, a parallel to what Roosevelt was trying to do. It is trying to create a centrist court that would have the respect of the American people. I do want to answer Batya's question, which is, look, hypocrisy could not have been clear when it came to Lindsey Graham, who said at the time that the Merrick Garland thing had, if the Republicans tried the same thing, and he wasn't making a caveat about that uh, Republican Congress and the Democratic president, you could use my words against me and you would be absolutely right. The ultimate statement of hypocrisy in terms of what ultimately happened when Amy Comey Barrett was uh, confirmed. Yeah, I would say uh, court packing. Democrats want to redefine court packing because they want to they want to jam through uh, their radical plan without seeming to uh, seeming to be radical. So court packing is where you change the number of seats on the Supreme Court or change the number of seats on a lower court and filling vacancy existing vacancies filling them very efficiently, doing a very good job like President Trump did and the Senate Republicans did, that's never court packing. Court packing is where you add new justices, add new seats uh, to the Supreme Court or the lower courts. I think that's a perfectly fine place to call it here. It kind of reminds me of our critical race theory debate, actually, where the panelists disagreed on the very definition of what we're discussing is. But thank you guys both so much. That was that was a real treat. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And with that, we're going to head to a quick commercial break. Stay tuned. This is The Debate, a Newsweek podcast. Welcome back. This is The Debate, a podcast brought to you by Newsweek. So, Josh, we just had a great debate between Mike Davis, the founder and president of the Article 3 Project, and Tom Rogers, editor-at-large for Newsweek, founder of CNBC and MSNBC. And uh, it was great. It was vigorous. They heartily disagreed about the topic. And they even, as we found out right at the end, disagree about the definition of court packing. No, that was that was really good. I mean, Mike and Tom are both lawyers by training. Uh, Tom, obviously, a deeply successful media mogul. Mike uh, clerked on the Supreme Court a few terms ago. So they, they know their stuff is what I'm going at here. I mean, the facts... Uh, just the the display, the the mastery and command of the facts really was, I think, on on, on display for the, for the listeners on this one. It was really kind of 
pleasant to listen to. Um, I, I, you know, personally, I have written on this topic at, at, at length. I don't pretend to be neutral on, as, as to who's correct, but I thought Tom did a great job, at, frankly, as to kind of laying out uh, what is kind of um, this, you know, the Senator Markey, Congressman Nadler argument for um, what he calls unpacking the Supreme Court. I don't find it personally persuasive, but I thought he did a very good job of laying out that argument. Right. So it seemed to me like Mike was arguing that to add Supreme Court justices would to be to infect the Supreme Court with politics, whereas Tom was arguing like that that had already happened, starting with Merrick Garland's uh, confirmation nomination being held up and going through the Trump presidency so that it was already it's already been so deeply infected by politics that at this point we have to correct for that. That seemed to be the debate. Do Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Just taking like a historical view of this, the infamous FDR court packing plan of 1937, which would have expanded the court from nine to 15 justices, that really was kind of the working definition of what court packing was for the past, you know, 80 plus years, um, was, was, was expanding the number of justices for political reasons. Um, so, you know, I guess Tom's counter to that is, uh, well, the Republicans did something else for political reasons, therefore this is unpacking. Again, I don't find it persuasive, but I'm sure the listeners enjoyed a really thorough and robust and lively exchange, and we were really happy to bring it to you. Let us know what you think, listeners. Uh, you can reach us at thedebate at newsweek.com. We hope you enjoyed this, and we will see you next time. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.